Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Rays have a winless road trip, and they're swept in Atlanta and Baltimore, losing five in a row to fall to four and six. We're one-sixth of the way through the season. Is the AL East hopes over? Can they still even reach the playoffs? What's wrong with the Rays? The Bucks full squad is in training camp, minus a few running backs out with COVID-19. We've got storylines for 2020, and yes, they, be, they begin with Tom Brady. And the Lightning begin their round robin today at 4 against the Washington Capitals. What have we learned about the hockey playoffs so far? We've got all that and more to talk about on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer... Steve Versnick. Steve, let's start with the Rays because I, I got to be honest with you. You know, I am not Nostradamus, as you were fond of telling me before the podcast. I predicted that the Rays would not only make the playoffs, but no, no, no. They're going to win the World Series in this truncated 60-game season. Let me just tell you, folks, you should root like hell for the Bucks because they're your best chance right now of getting to the postseason and winning maybe a championship. I won't write the lightning off just yet. Wait, are you Man, are you riding the Rays a bit tonight? I am. I'm cashing it in. No pun intended. But hey, and I said this before Brian Anderson did, and I got witnesses. But I was watching the ball game, and at one point they showed Kevin Cash, and he got the sunglasses on. And I said, "It's a good thing he's wearing a mask right now, or his disgust <laughs> would be so palatable on his face." And and then Brian Anderson said it within seconds after I did. I swear to you. Um, but that's true. I mean, because he couldn't mask his disappointment through this series, especially against Baltimore. I mean, come on. I mean, maybe maybe the Orioles are turning, you know, turning around, and this is their, you know, the beginning of a, a, of a nice long arc to uh, being a, a winning franchise or ball club again. But they're just not very good, in my opinion, and they just completely handled the race. Who did everything to hurt themselves? I mean, let's face it. This team is built on pitching and defense. They really haven't done much of either, certainly on the defensive side. And here we go again. What is it with Willie Adamas? I thought, you know, we went through this early in the season last year, and it was mostly or predominantly his throwing that was causing a lot of errors. Mm-hmm. He's already got four errors on the young season, and the Rays, I think, have 10 uh, as a ball club. Yeah, this is not the Rays team we expected. Um, mm. Pitching and defense and the bullpen has been leaky in spots. Mm-hmm. And the defense has been really leaky, and then the base running still exactly what it's been oh. for years now. I mean, unreal. You know, I, I, it was funny because I was thinking the other day, what this team really needs is Tommy Pham. Yes, I said the same thing. Except he was the worst base runner. He was. Team. He was. He was arguably worse than Kiermaier, <laughs> which I, is really saying something. And I said that before the Kiermaier gaffes this weekend, going, you know, this team could use a Tommy Pham, and, and more about his. <laughs> His, his just, energy. His, his energy. energy, yeah. And the, his intensity, yeah. Yeah, the intensity. It just f- feels like that. this team could use someone like that right now. Of they course, need life. But then I said, but I don't want his base running. And then Kiermaier went this weekend and, and showed you know that he was taking over that role. I'm telling you, and, and you can go out throughout his career. I mean, I know he's gotten hurt several times running the bases. And you can say, well, he's an aggressive player, right? Every mm-hmm. day I'm hustling, hustling. Okay, hustling is fine. We've seen him get hurt sliding feet first into first, seen him get hurt sliding head first into second. I mean, that's part of his deal. But by the same token, where are the instincts, man? I mean, this one game they put him in the pitch run a couple nights ago in Baltimore, and, uh, you know, they have a chance to win that game after battling back. And he runs, he's stealing, he's got the steal sign, and the ball's fouled off, so he goes back to first. And then a pitch or two later, he steals again, only this time, the throw is through all the way to second base, and he never slides. And he's tagged out on the ankles, which is reprehensible because if he slides, he's probably safe. It's definitely a close play, but I think he gets in there easily because, as you know, you know, slowing down to stand up into a bag is not the best, quickest way to the, to, the, to the base. And so they, you know, even worse than what he did was his explanation, which was, uh, I thought he fouled it off. That's just bad on my part. 
Thought he fouled it off. What? What does that mean? Thought he fouled it off. Did you take a look back when you were stealing? No. Did you think you heard something? Okay. What is the harm, Kevin Kiermeyer, of going in there and sliding and say it was a foul ball? What did you risk? I guess you could say I didn't want to get hurt sliding, but that's ridiculous. You're a baseball player. I, you got your pants dirty. I mean, it, it made no sense because in the major leagues or any level of baseball above, say, Bush League, right, if a ball's fouled off on halfway to first and second, which is about where you're going to be, on a good day, three-quarters of the way, any second baseman or shortstop not wanting you to barrel into them is going to tell you to stand up, right, if the umpire doesn't. But they're going to tell you, stand up, stand up, stand up. Because they, they want the same kind of etiquette for them. And I unless they've changed this etiquette, which I'm unaware of, no one's deking you on a throw to second base if the ball's fouled back. They're just not, okay? It, it made no sense at all. Like, what what are you even thinking? You can't be kind of sure that I thought it was fouled off. And so he's thrown out there. And then, of course, the next night, um, he's in the ball game and he's at second base in scoring position, and a guy, I forget who the hitter was, absolutely laces one to the right side of the infield to the second baseman's left, which takes him away from second. So back in the day, you know, we were always told when I was playing, back in my day, we were told freeze on a line drive. That was the big thing, right? You were, it was drilled into your head from the time you were in Little League, right? Freeze on a line drive. Well, it's become take a, it's actually become take a step back towards the bag on a line drive because – there is no advantage um, in, in, in even freezing or taking a step off because basically if the ball goes through there and it's hit that hard, you're only advancing 90 feet. You're, very rarely are you going to score unless it's somehow ticked off the glove and maybe it dribbles between the outfielder and the infielder. And at that point, the third base coach will tell you what to do. But you, you're primarily just going to freeze because you don't want to get doubled off. This guy gets a secondary lead. Then when the ball is hit, takes two or three steps towards third. And, I mean, I swear the second baseman was as startled as anybody after he turned around and turned all the way around and realized that Kiermaier is off the bag and throws and doubles him off second. It's, stuff like that can't happen, but it continues to happen with him. It happens with this team a lot. It does. They run themselves out of more it, innings than any team. As I've well as this seen. team does from pitching to to defense to – Two out hitting, which is what they've done pretty well this year, although it, it mm-hmm. dried up in Baltimore as it did a lot of things. But right. running has been base running is something this or, this organization has not done very well for a couple of years now, and it's right. you know it started Malik Smith was one who was really egregious at it. Tommy Pham was pretty bad, yeah. Um, but they just continue to to lack instincts on the base pass. Exactly, that's the key instincts. That's the word right there. Baseball instincts, right? Just, just not playing. I mean, there is a there is a big difference between aggressive and stupid. I mean, I'm just telling you there is, and and you can't win with stupid. Uh, and, and maybe that seems harsh to say that about a guy like Kevin Kiermaier, who's such a good player, and he didn't have the best weekend in the outfield either, by the way, um, which we can get to in a minute. But 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 you have to be smart in situations. You have to understand what you represent as a base runner in those situations, and that. You want to do everything you can to stay in scoring position or to not, you know, to not help get yourself out. And that's what they've been doing. They've been making outs on the bases, and Lord knows they're they're not doing enough at the plate. What I mean, who's hitting at this point, Steve? I think you got uh, you know, Adames, maybe a Joey Wendell doesn't have that many at bats, Martinez, there's just not that many guys that are hitting at all. We went through the stats and I'm trying to pull it back up here uh, mm-hmm. beforehand. I believe there was only six hitters on the whole team hitting above 200. Above 200? Yeah. Yeah. 200. So Adamas and Brasso both hitting 333. Right. Wendell's at 292. Mm-hmm. Lau is at 286. Right. Jose Martinez is at 259. So that's actually five. Everybody else is 200 or below. So five, five hitters players. hitting above 200. Above 200. Not 300 or 400, but 200. I mean that's that's not getting it done to say the very least. And they're and even when they do hit, Steve, they're station to station, right? They're not getting key hits with runners in scoring position. They're not getting a lot of extra base hits. They're not getting a lot of home runs right now. And they're not scoring runs early. You know, remember last year mm-hmm. when they got off to a great start? I mean, they were they were putting teams in a hole right away. The first first inning in particular, but the first and second innings. This year, 
for all the runs they've scored, I think, what, maybe one or so has come? I think before? Mark Hopkins said there's been one run in the first two innings all season, I think. Maybe it's two. Uh, yeah, it was maybe in, two, It was in his but, article. Yeah. I'm trying to look it up real quick, but it, I remembered it stood out that only one of their 46 runs in the first or second innings this year. One of the 46 runs in the first or second inning, I mean. They've hey been guys, behind come, in nine of the ten games this year. Yeah, and he's just not. Yeah, yeah and, and this was going. the eighth game in which they did they allowed the other team to score first. And consider this: one of these four wins that they have, they were down to their last out with nobody on, trailing by two runs, if you recall, mm-hmm. to Toronto. And the whole rally started, and you know that was the game that Kiermaier was actually the the, the batting hero. Um, but they were dead in the water in that game, and and even gave up you know, a run in extra innings and came back with two themselves. But, I mean, this thing, you talk about turning in a hurry in a season that you just don't have much time or much margin of error. It was. It was. I mean, you could you could feel and see sort of the disappointment that Cash had because mm-hmm. this, is not, this is not the ball club. Now, here's the thing, right? Everybody's going to say, yeah, well, this is a weird season. Um, you know, we'll get into the whole COVID things, a bunch of teams that, you know, can't follow any rules and, and, and are putting baseball in jeopardy. Um, and, and it is true that, that every game, you know, sort of represents 2.7, one win or loss, if you, if you consider they're only playing 38% of the year. But, I mean, I think the one thing that the Rays do feed off of, and, and that's sort of – tell me if you think this is a good excuse because that's what it is, an excuse. You know, they're the, they're the, the celebrating team. They're the feel-good teams. They're the – you know, um, the hug it up team, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the bash and the hand, hand slapping and, and, and all of that. If you take that away, it doesn't look like they're having much fun. And of course, losing is not fun, but even failing the losing, like they were a very demonstrative, mm-hmm. you know, kind of front running enthusiast. Now that they can't do that, do you think that has anything to do with what appears to be at least a lack of energy, a lack of having fun? Um, it's possible. I, I mean, you know, look, if you're the Rays, one of the things that, that we've always said about the Rays is they, for several years now, is they've been a team. They've all bought right. into yes. what Kevin Cash is saying. They've bought into things like the opener and doing things very lineup differently. Changes, than yeah, lineup, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a group, they have bought in. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's always been a, it's kind of been a, them against the world. I mean, you know, I think some of that hug it out in in the the team excitement is, is because they bought in. But the other part is is they haven't had the biggest fan base at home, they right? You know, I mean, the playoff games they were great. Generate their own here, energy, but, yeah. but they they've they've they found a way to generate their own energy, which they got to find a way to do it now. It's going to be different, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. if if that's the reason that they're not performing well, it is an excuse. Yeah, because you're a, a big league, you're figure it out, but right. Right. But I mean, look, you know, in this in this crazy season of how you're not starting till late July to, mm-hmm. you know, you had spring training, then you shut it down. Now you're back again to I mean, everything that's going on with this to yeah. testing every day to we can't go out to dinner together. We can't, you know, all this all, you know, throw it all together. This was the Traveling first time they were. On the, the this was, yeah, this was the first time they this team was on the road. They yeah. went 0 for 5 on the road trip, which was not good, but but it's also not a typical road trip. I mean, you're used to being able to, whether it's going out to dinner or doing there's, sightseeing. There's team bonding, the day, right? Yeah. There's, there's team bonding that happens. I mean, I have no idea if that's a part of the reason of this. And, and it look, it, we know that the chemistry on teams is so important. And and maybe they're, maybe part of this is, is they haven't figured out how to, to make that chemistry work yet based on expectations from last year, based on changes in the way everything's being done this year. It, it's all possible. And, and you know, it, I think time will tell. I mean, you know, this, the hard part is is it's only 10 games. And the good part is is there's eight teams in each league going to make the playoffs. True. They're, they're uh, what, one game out of tied for the wild cards, essentially, at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're only two games out of second place in your division. Right. You know, it's not it's a bad first it's 10 not games. Not insurmountable. No, you know, not this yet. Is, no. This is at the point of the season you're you're starting May now. You're through April. Mm. This is May. Right. No sense in writing them off yet, but the defense has to improve. They're just not doing anything well. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't really point. I mean, the bullpen yeah. has had its had its moments when it's been good. Mm-hmm. Um until they went on the road trip, the starting pitching, I think their team ERA was among the best in baseball. Mhm. 
But but the guys you count on to play well, the guys that have to play well for them to win, Charlie Morton, 8 ERA. Blake Snell, who was cruising for a minute and then it all got away from him in part when Kiermaier kind of batted a ball over center. I'm telling you, I saw some things this past weekend now. It was just, holy moly, you could put together a low-light reel. Baltimore is their house of horrors. I, you know, for a few years it was Kansas City. They could never win in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, they never won in Kansas City. They'd go yeah. in there and, and, and get swept in three or win one out of four at most. I mean, every time. Yeah. N- never fail. And, of course, that'd be the one they'd play twice in the other division. and They'd go there exactly. twice. And it was, you know, but Baltimore the last few years, you know, unlike the Yankees who own Baltimore and Baltimore, um, the Rays struggle there. They, they, the Rays play better in New York and Boston than they do in Baltimore. That's crazy, no idea it? why. It just is the way it is. But – so, you know, like I said, you're only in May at this point. And if you remember, the last few years, the Rays have gotten off to bad starts almost every year. Last year was the exception where they got red hot to start. I mean, right. two years ago, they got what, to that 4-13 and start and ended up winning 90 games. Yeah, that's so true. So this is kind of a slow-starting team as a rule. Last year was the exception where they lost the first game and then went on a tear. So, mm-hmm. you know. I hate to write them off, but they've got to play better if they're going to if they're going to improve. I mean, it's it's not this isn't just ah we lost yeah. you know tip of the cap to the other pitcher they were better than us today. No, this is you've you've cost yourself these games for the most part. Right? Yeah, they they're just not playing. There's no facet of the game you could say, well, we got that figured out. You know, that part's going good. They're just not playing. well. But we know yeah. that Kevin Kiermaier can play better defense. We know that Willie Adamas will play better defense. You know, we know that this stuff can happen. It's just a matter of they've got to make it happen. And I think I also think that because it's an unusual and truncated year, that frankly guys are feeling pressure that they normally would never feel. Um, mm-hmm. In other words, they know they can't lose five in a row very often. And and you know, I mean, if this were instead of it being a sixty-game season and we're sitting here in August, if this were a hundred and sixty-two-game season and we're sitting here in May, they're not they're not pressing even with a five game losing streak, but they're just not going up and squeezing the bats till it's sawdust every time up. I, I really do sense that and you also have and this is true too, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, Yoshi, Susuko, or you're talking about some of the newer guys, everybody wants to to, you know, Martinez knows they want to prove their worth. They're on a new team. There's some new players um that I think are pressing probably to to be a part of it, to help their new club. And that happens too. You know, you get guys that come over and they're, they're tight. They're not relaxed. I mean, all of that's part of the equation, right? But somebody's going to have to get in that clubhouse. And that's the thing that I, I ask. I mean, I know Charlie Morton is a pitcher and everybody looks up to him and they should. And, and when he speaks, his words have a lot of weight. But do you wonder who is it that speaks up in that clubhouse now? I know Tommy Pham would have. Mm-hmm. That's the intensity he brings. Um, and and others, but like, who is the guy, right? Who is the everyday player um, that they can follow? That that it hasn't isn't new to the Rays that could could really you know kind of galvanize them with a message. I I don't know who that person is. Well, you got to think it's Kiermaier. I mean, he's the most veteran player out there. Except that he, yeah, and I would agree with you. I would totally agree with you. He he's more or less the face of their franchise right now. But he's not. He's probably playing as poorly as anyone. All the way around. Well, the good so, thing is they look. Know, they've got I mean, an off day today. They've got right. a two game series against Boston. Then they get another off day on Thursday. That Yankees game Thursday has been moved to Saturday as a part of a doubleheader, mm. which is okay. a so it's going to be two seven inning games on Saturday as part of the doubleheader. Right. And that's because the Yankees are making up games now against the Phillies this week. That's a mess. So they're going to play Philly on Thursday. So that's why the Rays-Yankees game from Thursday has been moved to Saturday. So now you've got a four-game series against the Yankees over the weekend, including two seven-inning games for part of the doubleheader. So. It's a mess. And, of course, you know, everybody could go the, the route of what, the Cardinals and go to casinos, I guess. What mm. the hell is going on with baseball? I mean, they have a chance to finish this if you have players that are – and Manfred warned the players' union about this. He says, I'm not a quitter. I'm not ready to call it a year yet, but we will. If guys don't start doing the right things, what I'm surprised by, because in the NFL CBA, uh, they did include language where certain acts, if you were to catch COVID as a result of ride Mm -hmm. sharing or going to crowded restaurants or even a party with more than 10 people, they will hold you responsible and they will take away your money. 
I think the major there's, league baseball. There's a difference in baseball, though. There's a difference. They didn't come to a deal. This was the commissioner ordering the players to play the 60 games. That's true. They did not change the CBA even temporarily for a year like the other leagues have done. That's true. Mm-hmm. This was this was part of this not being an agreement mm-hmm. that the commissioner just ordered the season to be or 60 games starting it. this time yeah. because they couldn't come to an agreement. Now, they did right. agree to some protocols as far well, as... Well, that's what I meant. You know, I mean, like, well, you, but, like, but the players they, were never they, going to agree to that, and that's because because they wanted... They wanted more money. They wanted all the other stuff that they wanted. They didn't get because they didn't come to a deal. So they weren't going to concede that as part of a protocol. That's my belief. I, I I don't know that for a fact, but my belief is the players would have never agreed to that. And yet it's still written in there, I think, that, that, that baseball recommends they not do these sure. things. But there's a sure. big difference between recommends and you can forfeit mm-hmm. your salary. You know, And look, we'll see if baseball is guilty of the same thing. I'm not saying that – or football. I'm not saying that uh, the NFL won't struggle with it too because, frankly, you have more players – Right, that that have an opportunity to maybe mm-hmm. break with break ranks, and and I've always said, you know, give me a a twenty three year old with time and money and tell him he can't go anywhere, and guess what, he's probably going to go somewhere. Right. Um, so you know, all I'm not, and I have very little confidence the NFL isn't going to go through some of these same situations, but. Um, you know, but but boy, it's a bad start for baseball right now. This may help the NFL though. It could because you're seeing it. you're seeing two teams now that that didn't mm-hmm. follow recommendations. They went to a casino, they went to a party in Atlanta or a bar, yeah. And now they've lost games and this and mm-hmm. and, and maybe it's a wake up call for some in the NFL and other sports of you know and, and what a lot of baseball teams apparently have been doing pretty well sticking to the guidelines and they have you know Cubs we, haven't we, had a case yeah we know that like the, the Rays you know early on and, and Charlie Morton specifically had mentioned to the team of you know we've got to count on each other and rely on mm-hmm. each other and we're in this together right. you know you're not affecting one person you're affecting us all when you do this stuff that's right but you hope that you know with the baseball stuff that maybe this message gets through to the baseball players but a league like the NFL who's not in a bubble as well takes note and says. Hey, look, guys. You know, I mean, this is what the NFL Players Association didn't want groups of players practicing together. That's right, because they didn't want that possibility, you know, on their own and before they were testing and this, that, and the other. So, you know, that that's the whole reason for this. And and so, hopefully, the NFL teams take note and say, Hey, look, we've got to we've got to take care of our own. You know, we can't mm-hmm. we can't have you know a quarter of our team missing a game because of you know somebody went to a bar or a group went to a bar or a casino or whatever. And yeah. ended up getting COVID, and now you know we're going to lose games because of this. A lesson you think maybe the Miami Marlins learned on that bus ride home from New York that had to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your minor league days. Oh man, like single A ball there. <laughs> yeah, you're not just going a couple hours either, man. I mean, this is a bus ride from New York. What's that got to be a good what thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hours? Oh, something like that. at least, at least that's got to be yeah. more than that. Yeah, I don't even know what it is, but I wouldn't want to fathom it. I mean, those guys are not used, not used to traveling that way by trailways. I assure you. So yeah, and you can imagine, you know, if if said people were on the bus that were responsible for this, uh, I wouldn't want to be sitting near them because it could not have been pleasant. But yeah, baseball has a problem. We all have a problem, but baseball has a problem, and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, in the meantime, you've had certain players. Who are starting to opt out? Did you see this Jonas Cespedes story? <laughs> Weird. So I'm I'm going to the Bucks because I I'll get into this in a minute. We were COVID tested, and I got another test today, um, to uh, so I can go into what's called a tier two area and be able to watch practice and things like that. And uh, thankfully, the first test was negative. So, um, but I, I'm driving to the Bucks um, to do something, and, and and I'm listening to the radio, and all of a sudden they they say. The Mets have put out a statement that they uh, can't, they don't know where Jonas Cespedes is, but he's not at the ballpark, and they're on the road. So, yeah. like, how many places could he be? And right? They checked I mean, his hotel you, room; he wasn't there. He wasn't there. It was cleared but out. I, it was cleared out, and <laughs> yeah, he just was missing. And so you're thinking, oh my God, like, what if you know you hope nothing's wrong, like he's not in some kind of danger? Apparently, I guess they did know that uh, he was okay. Um, and uh, he opted out, but without the usual, you know, statement from teams you see when players opt out, like, oh, we understand, we wish him well, you know, this is his personal decision, and, you know, welcome him back. No, 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 they, they, weren't, they weren't nearly as, uh, as magnanimous about that. It's clear, because Cespedes had had his contract talked down to about $6 million and then later than about $2 million, um, for various reasons, but 
this one had to be sort of a mutual, you know, we don't want you back. You'll be a free agent anyway and good riddance. It just sent, it just kind of had a tone to it that was sort of dismissive at best, right? Yeah, no, it's not one of those, you know, hey, we agree, we, you know, he did things right. This was, yeah, we're not happy with you at all. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was it was an, an admonishment as much as it was, you know, an acknowledgement that uh, this is his decision and we respect the safety of him and his family. It wasn't that way at all. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Um, speaking of opting out, however, uh, Donovan Smith, did you see that? He showed up at Buck's training camp, which was a mm-hmm. good sign for those that ever doubted that he would. He is, but he could still opt out at some point, can he not? He can. I mean, it's yes. what I think they have seven it's days coming up. once yeah. it's everything's agreed to, which it hasn't been finalized. Is that am I correct in that? I think I think as we do this podcast that they're finalizing things right. in the next uh hours or days. But yeah, he'll have a week and that might be even expedited a bit. Um there will be some players, and this was a weird thing. I don't want to get in the weeds with this, but there will be some players, if, and not, not a guy like Donovan who's due $14.5 but if you're a guy that thinks you might get cut and isn't sure that anybody would pick you up, even though there's expanded uh, practice squads and things like this, and nobody thinks this way, right? They all think they're going to make the team. That's why they're out there. Mm-hmm. But I think if you opt out in certain situations, veteran players um, can get paid like $350,000. Um, you know, for opting out if they did it under a certain time. But we'll see if that if that's the case. It won't be the case with Donovan, obviously, unless he gets in there and feels unsafe. But um, so far, you know, the Bucks have had uh, a number of running backs, of course, that have um, gone on the on the protocol. You see um, Matt Stafford does on the COVID list. Uh, yeah, that was that one's scary because his his wife what what Stafford went through last year with his wife alone she's gone she through some cancer tumor. treatments yeah she's yeah. Gone, yeah she's gone through some she's probably immunocompromised or I would think you worry yeah. but you'd really be mm-hmm. concerned about about her getting it and if Matthew yep. has it that that would be the big scare right yeah. that, uh, and of course being that, on the covid list doesn't necessarily mean he's been tested positive no. it could just mean in contact with or it could have been yeah you know he maybe has one test he needs a second test to confirm you know so there it's yeah. not necessarily that he has covid but he's on that list now exactly right so that that part's scary but um yeah so the bucks the bucks are in camp and um you know we'll have a chance to talk i think later today with uh, Shaq barrett who of course was franchised and was hoping for a bigger contract uh i think on tuesday we'll have uh, maybe an opportunity to go out and uh and, and listen uh, when i tell you this it's it's a big deal because we're going to see those of us in tier two, tier two M. Uh, I tell you, it's confusing. We're going to actually get to see Tom Brady in person from a distance with a mask, us wearing a mask. How far away will you be when you take those pictures? Well, I won't be taking them personally. I didn't take them the last time, but I will say that the creepy guy, Chris Urso, will be close enough to actually not have to use the the telescopic lens. Let's put it that way. He'll uh, the one that shows the flag on the moon. We won't need that, but. Uh, does Kevin yeah, O'Donnell have any sources that they're going to be there? I don't know that helicopters are allowed to fly over practice at this time. I mean, there is, there is, of course, the hospital across the way, and so sometimes you have a bay flight now and then. Um, but it is awfully close to the airport. So, yeah, if traffic is backed up on MLK, then I'm sure there will be videotape of the practice. But I will say this. It's awfully early, and, like, Tom Brady believes in one thing, and that's, like, I'm going to practice when it's when it's 730. <laughs> he, he has – he has a habit of being out there between 7 yeah. and 8 o'clock. Well, you saw LaShawn McCoy's uh, tweet or f- Instagram or whatever f- his, uh, social media <laughs> message. The Tampa heat is hot. It's different. Yeah, it's yeah. hot. Yeah, it is, man. 
<laughs> Brady on his Instagram, like he, he must have gotten into his car and he posted the, uh, you know, he had the, yeah. the temperature gauge and it was like 99 inside his car when he got inside of it. So, yeah, but, you, but you see the other part of that. Maybe you didn't realize that that picture he showed off was taken with an iPhone 6. Really? Yeah, iPhone 12s are coming out this year. He has an iPhone 6? That's what it was taken with. Maybe that's just his throwdown phone. But I thought, well, maybe that, maybe I thought they destroyed all his phones. Phone. I mean, that's what that's what he testified. Well, he destroys them every year, I think. Yeah, well, that phone's six years let's old. Let's not <laughs> let's not re, let's not replay that. Okay, that that's that's really none of our business. That was back in New England. I don't know what what took place then. Um, and I didn't notice it was an iPhone six. To be honest with you, I yeah. did notice it was ninety nine degrees. Yes. Um, but the good news is, I guess. Uh, um, We'll have a chance to watch him throw, watch watch the guys run around, and uh, and then the, uh, another week from now, they'll be in essentially kind of an OTA mode where they're wearing helmets and shorts and the underwear Olympics and going out there and practicing. Bruce Arians has been gracious to uh, to even consider us coming out then because technically I don't think the league requires, if you will, the media to uh, actually watch training camp until they're in the pads, which is some time from now. they got about 16, 14, 16 days of uh, – sort of weight training and, and uh, you know, some on-field work, but um, not required by them to let us in there at all. And I don't know what we can do because, again, we're, we have to leave immediately. And all our, all our interviews, it looks like this year, will be by Zoom and not in person. So that'll be different. But, yeah, we're going to get a chance to actually uh, be welcome to watch Tom Brady throw without encountering uh, a, a guard from Berkeley Prep. So that'll be That'll be interesting. So a lot of stuff on tap for the Bucks. I wrote a, uh, a column, if you want to check it out, in the Tampa Bay Times on Sunday, um, sort of talking about the storylines of this season, and many of these will sort of come to be addressed during training camp. Um, shock nobody. Uh, Tom Brady, it's still hard to get used to that he's here, but everything, every answer hey, to every question is Tom Brady. Speaking of that, happy birthday, Tom. Yes. Turns 43, turns 43 today. Today, that's right. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Uh wonder how they'll celebrate. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, he's a 43-year-old quarterback. I mean, this is uncharted water for anyone in the NFL, uh, much less a guy that has won as many Super Bowls as he has playing in Tampa. But um, I can remember when, like, I think, you know, one of the oldest quarterbacks I remember in Tampa was, like, Steve DeBerg. And I want to say in 92 under Sam Weich, I think he may have started, and he was, like, 39 and we thought he was fossil i mean we thought 39 year old quarterback really geez you're gonna be almost 40 and now that's like you know that was what three super bowls ago well, yeah I mean, when you got drew Brees, who's what 41 now 41 yeah and guys are playing longer and longer and aaron I mean, Rodgers is getting up there in age and yeah he's and played Phillip rivers years. philip rivers as well philip rivers is up there yeah aaron Rodgers has played i can't believe he's played 15 years um so yeah there's uh you know there's that but I think among the storylines, I'll just kind of run through them quickly here, and you can check it out on com. I think one of the big ones does involve Brady, obviously, and it's just how they can make this offense adapt to him, right? Because Bruce Arians, uh, you know, more of a down-the-field sort of fashion, um, no risk it, no biscuit type of thing. But, you know, obviously the one thing that's clear to me is that by now Brady will have learned all the terminology. I mean, he's just that guy, right? He can – process things and and even though he played in the system for 20 years um you know he he knows what one one personnel group and and play was called in new england and what it's called in 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 tampa bay by now everybody else won't have to learn a new offense but he does have to learn his player his players and his teammates and that's what the offseason was about and all those workouts he heard held at berkeley prep um we talked to arians a little bit he says look you know he's he's pretty quick on his feet and um you know, there's not much drop off in his in his physical ability, but he did acknowledge that you know he likes to to drop the ball down underneath, and you know he's got. <clears throat> I mean, we know he's got a chemistry with Rob Gronkowski, but I think he still has to build some up with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and those guys. So that's not going to be easy to do because you're building chemistry um, sort of on the fly and um, without again without OTAs without the preseason games, not that he would play a lot of preseason games. Um, but all of these are stepping stones to what would be a normal season, and this is not normal. Uh, so what he's attempting to do, it'll be interesting to see how they collaborate the offense and 
what Byron Leftwich does to to let Brady sort of feel comfortable being being Brady. We talked about who's going to opt out. Doesn't look like anybody is. Um, Donovan Smith, as I mentioned, re- reported. Uh, we talked to Cam Brady. Said you know it is a personal choice, and and you have to respect what everybody decides to do. And maybe once again ended up feel unsafe. Who knows? But uh, so far so good. Lashawn McCoy. How about Shady McCoy coming aboard? Um, he's 32 years old. He was with the Kansas City Chiefs, won a Super Bowl with them a year ago, but didn't play in the playoffs. I think he had one snap against Tennessee. But uh, he's he's a bit removed from his Eagles and Bills days when he was gaining a thousand yards. But what he is is depth. He's insurance. He's uh, you know if something happens to Ronald Jones. You've got rookie uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's out in the COVID list. Uh, Darian Gumawale, you know, is sort of a third down guy. That hadn't carried a lot of balls. But McCoy is is caught forty passes or more seven times in his career, and you know that picking a guy up like this is exactly what Super Bowl teams did and do, and that's what Kansas City did. They did it last year, and he he was pretty effective. I don't think he carried the ball more than twelve times in a game, but when he did, he had a good average, and and they could lean on him if they had had an injury. And I th- I think it was a smart pickup. But from what I understand, it didn't cost them much money. Um, it's a one year deal, so you know with again with the guys going on. The COVID list, uh, you're not very deep at that position. So it was good they did that. Uh, what are they going to get from the rookie class? I think that's the question, too. Um, outside of Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr., I think those two guys will be starters, already listed on the depth chart as starters. Um, but you have a lot of uh, a lot of other rookies that have missed a lot of time, like Tyler Johnson. Um, that might be a tough learning curve for him. So you, you just don't know you know, everything you're going to get out of these guys again, who, have, who Arian says is missed 400 reps. Uh, the tight end room is interesting with Gronkowski in there. I think he's going to get the bulk of the work. I think you'll see a lot of two tight end formations. Um, a year ago, I think Cam Brate played in about 38% of the snaps. That's probably going to go down. Um, you got OJ Howard to pick from. So uh, it's a good group and, and they're going to learn a lot from Gronkowski who's going to lead them. Um, but that's, that's kind of an interesting way of how they're going to split things up, I think, on offense. I think the secondary is going to be more improved. We talked about those guys that grew up last year, Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. How about this one, the kicking game? Are we sure they've solved this? Because I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, they've got Elliot Fry in here just in case. He's sort of the insurance. But Matt Gay, a year ago, uh, started out, he was 24-27, and things looked really good for 13 games. But then uh, in five of his final eight games, he missed at least one kick or had one blocked. And so, you know, extra points were even. He only had an 89 percentage on extra points. So that was 34th in the league. Matt Gay needs to needs to establish himself as a more consistent guy. We'll see if he can do that. Shaq Barrett we'll talk to today on the uh, conference call or Zoom call. And, uh, of course, he has to prove that last year was not a fluke. I don't think it was. 19 and a half sacks, you can't really call that a fluke. But he needs to get you know double digits if he can again and hopefully make his way towards either another franchise tag or a long-term agreement. The most improved player, and I think this is something to look for, is I think it's going to be Devin, Devin, um, Devin White. I almost call him Devin Smith. Devin White, simply because he got up to a slow start with all the injuries and uh, you know ended up being rookie of the month for November and December. And if he picks up where he left off, um, that's going to be something. And, here, and then the final storyline, which will begin week one, September 13th, Steve, I think this Saints rivalry with the Bucks is one of the sexiest in the league this year, and and obviously Brady brings everything to that with him and Breeze. Um, but there's a lot of elements to it, including Jameis Winston, who's probably not likely to play. The biggest thing is this, though, and and this is the disadvantage that Breeze, that Breeze or Brady will have over Breeze, and that is that Sean Payton and Breeze, much like him and Belichick, have been together forever. Two hundred and fifteen games; those guys have been coach and quarterback. When the Bucks open in New Orleans on September 13th, it will be the first game between Brady and Bruce Arians. That's a big gap to have to make up. It is, and I, you know, I still would say that you know New Orleans overall probably has the better roster, mm-hmm. um, particularly on the defensive end. I mean, I think the Bucks' defense is improving yes. and getting better, and they've got yes. some good pieces. But yes, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I think that New Orleans has the better roster overall, and that's why they're the favorites in the NFC South still. Totally um, agree. Know, I, I think the Bucks will have a good season. I think Brady's going to, you know, help this team tremendously in, in ways people don't even realize. From mm-hmm. you know the way just practices are run and meetings. And granted, it's a little weirder that some of them will be on Zoom and such. But 
You know, I think you know how he's going to hold players accountable, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be a, a big improvement, and, and the Bucks can do a lot of things, and, and including beat the Saints. But I think the Saints have a better roster overall, and a quarterback coach combination's been together forever. Yeah, there's nobody like the the you know the Breezes and the Bradys and the Mannings and stuff. But the Bucks have one. I had a coach tell me over the weekend. He goes, "Man, I hope we play. I hope we play." He said, because we got a special quarterback. This guy, <laughs> when you get him on the field, he goes, yeah, it's a little, he said, it's really special. And, uh, and, and you can see that if you watch the video the Bucks posted over the weekend, um, they posted a video of one of their first workouts as a group. Brady's throwing a young receivers because he was in there with the rookies. And of course, here's this, you know, soon to be 43 year old guy. And just, just a little reminder the things that he says in between throws, right? And the encouragement he gives and like, Hey, now, you know, uh, you're not moving on this one. You know, you're going to catch it in a spot. And, hey, uh, you know, um, I better get, you know, I better get four yards on this player. I'm not throwing it. And, you know, and he makes some throws and he, you know, hoo-hahs some guys. But it, it's really interesting to watch him work and, and to watch him relate to players and, and tell them, you know, how precise things need to be. And um, so, yeah, he he's going to bring so much. Uh, to their offense and just to their team and just that level of, uh, you know, of intensity and also of, uh, you know, being being on top of things, well, being, being it's, accurate. It's that know. respect that, yeah, yeah. you know, as soon as they step on the field with them, when he gives those little nuggets or those things or tells them, hey, I want you yeah. to run this route this way or do this, yeah, there, there's no questioning it. There's no, no. I mean, he's the GOAT and everybody on that yeah. team knows it. And yep. they want to play with him. They want to learn from him. They want to do well for him. I mean, that's yes. this is your dream. You yes, want to it pl- is. This is. These are the types of quarterbacks you want to play with. The Absolutely. you know the Philip Rivers, the Drew Brees, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, those Peyton yeah. Manning's. Those are guys you dream to play with. Those guys. Yeah, yeah. Give them a season. Uh, they might put a ring on your finger. I mean, that's 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 what you're talking about. You know, when you've been in as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady is that. Um, you're going to do everything, and he says because he knows he knows what he's talking about. And um, it was funny we talked to Tristan Wirfs, um, I think late last week. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but we, we were asking everybody sort of like, "Hey, what was your you know what what was your Brady moment?" And and he was uh, he was talking about how you know his family was probably more excited about him meeting Brady than any. They kept asking, "Have you met Tom? Have you met Tom?" So finally, he reported to training camp with with the quarterbacks and he goes and one day sure enough we came around the corner and boom there he was right and he goes and he looked at me and he said how's it going big dog <laughs> probably didn't know his name but whatever and he was like ah yeah really good you know and um and he goes and then i think i saw him one of the he goes he goes how old are you he says um i'm 21 well tom this is his 21st <laughs> season in the nfl and he said and brady just kind of laughed and said man i got twice as much experience as you yeah in life <laughs> i mean <laughs> I mean, like you, you're twice as old as the guy. I mean, he's played football as long as he's been on the planet Earth. You know, I mean, really think about that. The guy protecting him at right tackle was born in the year that Brady was drafted. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that way, but it's true. You know. And then Tristan said, "Yeah, I know it's you know it's probably a pretty big deal what I'm doing blocking for Tom Brady." Yeah, yeah, it is. So there's Especially a lot of if you end up moments. being the left tackle if Donovan Smith oh, does opt out. Oh boy, I know. Yeah, that would be a whole new challenge for him but uh but yeah so it's it's funny you can check all those stories out in tampa bay dot com so we got the lightning with their Mm -hmm. first game today at four o'clock against the washington capitals so that's uh seems like they played a long time ago last wednesday yeah last wednesday yeah so did you catch any of the uh hockey over the weekend there's been what 10 games i believe there's been 10 i i caught um what did i see i saw chicago beat the hell out of edmonton i think yeah we were we i saw the first goal edmonton scored like a minute into the game yeah, two minutes in. It was early. Um, yeah, it was like you know it was one nothing, and then uh, we were outside for a little bit. Came inside, and all of a sudden it's four to one Chicago. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what? The? I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it happened fast. Yeah. Oh, what else did I see? Yeah. I watched Columbus uh, beat Toronto. Um, yeah, that Bob, was a good one. Boston lost their first round robin game to Philly. Although they didn't have, you pointed out they didn't have Tuukka Rask. Yeah, he was right? uh, he broke his finger at the beginning of training camp. Uh, he did play mm-hmm. in the exhibition game, but they held him out today. Or on Sunday, for the round robin right. game. So, so Philly right. now leads the round robin uh, officially with the four teams. Of course, Washington and Tampa haven't played yet. But uh, now the the four round robin teams 
Washington, Philly, Tampa, and Boston, the way they after their three games based on points, um, that determines the seeding for the playoffs. So right now, Philly would have the number one seed. Tampa would technically have the number two now. Washington would be number three, Boston number four. But of course, you know, two teams have played a game and two haven't. So, uh, but after yeah. the three games for e- each of those teams, that'll determine the seedings. And then based on who goes on. So, like Pittsburgh lost their first game to Montreal. So, Pittsburgh's the five seed. Right. Uh, but it, those are best of five series for the qualifying round. So, yeah, that was a little bit of an upset in that one. But, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I, I look. Ho- I, we all love hockey, and I think mm-hmm. uh, fans or no fans, it plays great on television. I, I'm, I have no trouble watching any of these games, really, even baseball. Baseball's a little weird with uh, without seeing empty stadiums, especially like if you're watching a Cubs game at Wrigley or something. Well, you, you wondered if the intensity would be there for the NHL, and the first game on Saturday oh. was the uh, the Hurricanes and Rangers, and within the first five minutes, there was a fight with a bloody nose, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like, okay, yeah, this this is the playoffs. They're they're ready. I mean, it's yeah, they're bringing that intensity regardless. This is Stanley Cup on the line. Yeah, Stanley Cup and legacy and all that, and also they're hockey players. There's <laughs> mm-hmm. something about hockey players, man. Yep. I mean, those guys are so competitive that you know, put them on a pond somewhere in a parking lot, you know, yep. in in uh, Wisconsin, and they'll. And they'll go after yeah. it. I caught so. some of the NBA over the weekend too. It didn't seem too out of place, or I mean, it's that one may but, be the weirdest without fans because they're sitting courtside and yes, you know, from the yeah. visual part of it more than yeah. the, the the audio part of it, but the visual it was a little weird. But it, it didn't seem too weird at all. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it it kind of felt a little more like a college game, maybe an NCAA tournament where the fans aren't on the court like that. Right, like you know, they're they're back a little bit, and then the benches seemed a little further from the the court, give them a little more space there, and. Yeah, uh, but it, it was fine too. I mean, I watched some of the the Lakers game. I watched uh, parts of a couple other games, but it's so weird for me because um, you know they're playing at Disney's Wide World of Sports in what we used to call the Milk House, but now it's mm-hmm. got another sponsor, and that's where they literally is where they hold all the AAU tournaments. Um, and you would see during training camp, like you know Mike Shashevsky walking by, or mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Calipari or somebody, and they're in there scouting AAU players, high school guys. Um, but to think that that very same milk house is now hosting the entire NBA uh, and LeBron James and all, it's just it's surreal for me because I've been in there. We played basketball in there. Mm-hmm. It's just very odd that, uh, that that's where it's going on down. But sure enough, those guys have all done a pretty good job of, again, being in the bubble, and it's well, not I, an easy ask. We know? were just in there in uh, February for the or January for the Pro Bowl. I mean, that's where the that's media right. workstation is. Yeah, we is. were there. Me and you, yeah, I picked up my credentials right yeah. where you were stationed. There, yeah, that's yeah. where the media workshop is there, or work area, and yep. a lot of the offices and stuff for the NFL during the Pro Bowl. Yeah. The, you know, Pro Bowl's not going to be back there this year. It's going to be in, in mm-hmm. Vegas, but. Right, if they have it at all, which yes. I doubt, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. So, man, everything everything is going on, and uh, hopefully, again, you know, I think the the sports that are in the bubble probably have a better opportunity, whether it's the NHL or the NBA. Obviously, baseball has its issues. I still don't know what to think of football. Um, you know, once they start hitting each other, and again, you're asking, you know, not just a few players, but everybody to go home and do the right things and not go out and uh, and that sort of stuff. And there are some penalties if they do, but the biggest penalty is you could wipe out a team. Or, you know, in the case of the Bucks, if they had to play – you know, I mean, they still have Ronald Jones right now, and they just signed Shady McCoy, but they got like three or four. They got three running backs out. You know, so what if what if something, uh, uh, you know, a position, uh, somebody at the uh, we talked about the quarterback and keeping a guy out of the room all week just to have the lone survivor in case you know your quarterback room becomes infected. But you could have, you know, are they going to play without their five starting offensive linemen or defensive linemen? You know, what are you going to do in that case? So it's not going to be an easy thing, and um, it's not much fun. I can tell you. Just having been over there for my first test, you know, they they basically have a medical trailer uh, with this company that they're contracting with for COVID tests, and um, you know, you you come into the or, to the facility if you're a player, uh, you park your car, you wait for them to call you in, and you can't go in the building until you've had had you, you know you get your COVID test every day, and um, you know when you go to the lunchroom, these tables that were used to sitting, they're giant tables in the lunchroom that would sit you know, eight to 10 players now have only two seats to them, you know, or three seats for the separation. And uh, they're using, you know, every available inch of space in that, you know, huge building over there for meeting rooms. Uh, Our media room is now 
I think uh, an offensive line meeting room or somebody's meeting room and you know what used to be the the sort of the press conference room is another position group's meeting room so they they're trying to utilize all the space they have but um you know I think part of the locker rooms might be in the uh in the indoor facility I think some guys will be getting dressed there which is different right mm-hmm. you're not even in the main building so yeah, a um, lot of changes, and it's it's uh, it's going to be uncomfortable, and I don't know how they're going to get through it all, but we're going to find out. And uh, you know, I still got several weeks to to hopefully learn from what all these other sports are doing, and and try to improve on some of the protocols with that. But yeah, it's just it's different. So I'm watching gotta, the uh, Wild and Canucks game. A minute nineteen in, there's a fight. Oof, Furland and Ferrigno or, or Felino. Nice. Um, yeah, they just were out of, off a face-off, started talking, and let's go. So Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs while, are here. <laughs> yeah, haven't had a chance to do this. Let's go. Why waste any time? Let's start I mean, fighting. I don't know if that was a, you know, a grudge from you know, four and a half, five months ago when they were playing or what. but <laughs> Which is interesting because, you know, I mean, the last thing, uh, obviously these guys are in a bubble. Maybe the concern isn't necessarily the way it is with baseball, but the last thing they want you to do is get in a fight in baseball. Right. Yes. I mean, or, or, or to get in anybody's face and yell and scream and mm-hmm. do anything like that. But they have no trouble dropping the gloves in hockey. I, I think um, there is a confidence of the bubble. I mean, at this point, yeah. and, and they're yeah. testing every day. And, yeah, you know, but I, I, that bubble allows that that it's that safety precaution of, mm-hmm. you know, hey, uh, you I'm know, we're, good, we're confident good. everyone is covid free at this point, as long as you right. know everyone's doing the right thing. Right. And they've yeah, got enough well. amenities and stuff in there. I know Anthony Sorelli put out a video. He was thrilled there was a Tim Hortons truck inside the bubble in Toronto. So he was thrilled. <laughs> oh so, What else can he ask for? Exactly. All right, so busy week ahead. Busy day today, as a matter of fact. We told you the Lightning are going to begin uh, their round robin with the Washington Capitals. That game, love it. Afternoon hockey, 4 p.m. Make sure you check that out. We'll talk to Shaq Barrett on our uh, Zoom call with the Bucks this afternoon as well. And we'll have that for you. Uh, the Rays, meanwhile, will try to have a day off and regroup before their series starts with the Boston Red Sox at the Trop on Tuesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast. We're here every Monday through Friday. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mm-hmm.